0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, well as some of you know, I was recently in Sun Valley, Idaho, and while I was there, I of course stopped into our Blister recommended shop Sturdivin's to sit down with Sturdivin's owner Ulin Glenn and talk about well, actually, just a ton of stuff. But that ton of stuff included the Rhoda Run ski area, which could serve as a blueprint for local ski hills in other places. We talk about Ulan's lifelong love of skiing and his family's very interesting history in skiing. We also talk a good bit about the skiing in and around Sun Valley and, of course, We talk about some of his favorite gear. And as you'll see, I was pretty surprised by this section of the conversation. And I like the fact that Ulin was defending a piece of gear that, to be honest, we haven't really talked about in a while. So I think you're going to find that part of the conversation pretty interesting. Now, before we get started, I want to give you an update on our upcoming Blister Summit in Mount Crested Butte. That is taking place near the end of February, and you can find the exact dates and a lot of very good and other helpful information on the navigation bar of our Blister website, and we will also include a link to it in the show notes of this episode. Now, as for some updates, Chris Davenport, is going to be at Summit A and I can tell you for a fact that you are going to want to meet Chris and have the chance to take some runs with him. Furthermore, K2 is going to be at the Summit and they are going to be showing off some brand new skis that Jed Geiser. Jed Geiser, who was the very first guest ever on the very first Blister podcast. Well, Jed has been working on these skis for a number of years now, and Jed is also going to be at the summit. So you're going to get to ski with him, too, and ask him every single imaginable question you can think of about these new skis. Furthermore, K2 will also be showing off and making available for demo some new ski boots, so you're going to be able to check those out too. Now, some of the other brands that will be at the summit are Renown out of Vermont, Rosignal, Star, Forefront, Folsom, Solomon, Wonder Alpine, Wagner Custom Skis, Moment, Atomic, Line, Glade, Mammut, and our partner, Mountain Flow Echo Wax, and we expect to be adding a few other brands to this list very soon. Maybe even by the time you are hearing this podcast, but maybe not in time for me to record this introduction. So anyway, those are just a few more updates about the Blister Summit. So sign up today and come be a part of this thing. You're gonna want to, so just do it now. Finally, this episode of Year 30 is presented by Mountain Flow Echo Wax. Mountain Flow is disrupting the ski, snowboard, and bike industry by producing high-performing products that are also biodegradable and more sustainable than the conventional products in the space. Now, I just used their Skin Wax Rub-On this past weekend for a decent sized tour that led to a fairly steep line and i can tell you that the glide on those skins was good and i didn't get any clopping and i think that in addition to skinning on a pretty lightweight boot well i think the whole combination of those factors had me actually feeling really good on the way up and so to check out all of mountain flow's products you can head to mountainflow.com and now, let's get to my conversation with Ulin Glenn. Here we go. Well, I'm very happy to be here back in Sturtevant's with Ulin. We are meeting up, it's Sunday. Things have calmed down around here it's uh it's what 6 30 p.m and uh this is a conversation i've been looking forward to have for for quite a while and uh so thanks for having me back to to sturdivant and
1: sun valley yeah welcome uh, great to see you here and uh yeah a podcast i've never done one <laughs> well um let's talk about your day
0: first of all um you actually i was worried It's been a busy time, Um, probably a lot of ski shops. It's definitely been a busy time at Sturdivin's. You actually managed to get some pretty good skiing in this weekend.
1: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) great skiing. We're right at the end of a nice... uh, kind of triple storm cycle and uh it went blue yesterday and um we're finally starting to uh have most our people be able to show up to work um due to covid it was an interesting scheduling holiday Mm -hmm. and uh but, yeah, uh, let's see. Yesterday was a baldy day in the morning, and we were kind of skiing in and out of bounds, and the skiing was great. Sun came out for the first time in weeks, it seemed like, uh, and uh, it was just spectacular, high-quality skiing in the morning. And then... Uh, Met up with my six-year-old daughter and um, her friends and parents over on Dollar, which is our kind of local beginner intermediate hill. And uh, we went off the backside and um, Tinsley's my daughter and her friends kind of had their first pure powder skiing experience. We shuttled some cars and uh, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Um Today we uh went ski touring uh just right out of town, so it was super convenient and um got a couple laps of of just gorgeous powder skiing right out of town um, then I got a nap
0: hmm. and
1: now I'm here <laughs> <laughs> two two hour nap and now I feel like I'm out of The holidays, so it's good. Okay, well,
0: hence we are getting to maybe celebrate with a couple beers. I'm having chocolate and beer. This is sort of my dinner so far. Um, It's delightful, actually. Who knew? So let's talk a bit about Sturdivant's in Sun Valley. It is so interesting the role that this shop, and I should actually say your shops kind of play in this community um, and I, I definitely want to get into some of the you know different initiatives um, that you guys have been involved with um, I think that's just some really interesting stuff and kind of some of the best stuff in terms of local ski shops integrating into the community talk about how you first got to uh, be at the helm of Sturdivant's
1: um okay. Um well I moved here in 97 and started tuning skis out at our hillside shop uh in the War- in the Warm Springs area. And uh 15 years later, uh 9 years ago, uh 2013, with a business partner, I um we were able to buy the store from the former owner Rob Santa. Um Rob had been trying to help me figure out a way in to ownership. He was looking to exit, and uh, after after five to ten year process, finally kind of figured out how to buy buy the business. Uh, I had a great business partner named Ben Jacobson who helped. Help do the financing and be my partner, and was able to buy him out this summer, which was super exciting for me so now i 'm the full owner of nine years as of uh, January first I guess mm. um, you know as far as uh involvement in the organ or in the community I should say um, rob and and the former owner- owners before that I think have always been. Well, we've been a part of the fabric of the community for a long time. We were founded in 1948. Um, I think Sturdivant's is the second oldest business in the town of Ketchum, which is one of uh, the four you know towns uh, that a lot of people think of as a sun valley area there is a town of sun valley we don't have a shop there but we have one out at warm springs we've got um three in ketchum um, and one down in haley um but yeah you know there's a lot of community here and i think it's what one of the things that makes sun valley special um you know you still know most of the people in the grocery store. And, uh, I imagine it's something, I imagine Crested Butte's really similar. I've only skied there a couple times, but, um. Yeah, so we we dive into all sorts of community stuff uh whether it's the Pioneer Cabin, mm-hmm. Rotorun ski area down in Haley which is is really neat pr- uh little ski area down there that the Sun Valley Ski Education Foundation has taken a lead on and gotten snowmaking. It's this little pommel lift with 500 vert and lights and just and it's it's free for all kids under 18. It's, you know, it's it's how how skiing and sport should be.
0: Yeah, and it was really cool. I was out here in July and got to head down to Road Run with you to kind of check it out. And there wasn't snow, you know, snow on the hill yet, but it's such a cool project. And we've been having so many conversations about, you know, how to make skiing more inclusive and more affordable and the rest. And it's like, man, what's going down at Rotor Run in Haley is like just a, an amazing example. And when I was here in July, I was like, if this could serve as a bit of a template or blueprint um, for some other areas in the country, it would just seem like that would be a fantastic thing. Is there anything along those lines? You know, if for for people living in other communities, can you tell us a little bit about what some of the important
1: ingredients are that make Rota Run possible? First, it's the people, right? You know, it's the people and their desire to do it. Um, I, I would put huge, huge thank yous or props to uh, Scotty McGrew in particular, who's the executive director of the Sun Valley Ski Education Foundation, and he grew up here in the valley and and uh, uh, you know skiing on that hill, but you know a lot of times that hill would be closed all winter, especially in low snow years and things like that. Um, but... You know, the other thing is it's owned by the county. The land's owned by the county, so that gives them a lot of flexibility of what to do. But the the resort itself is 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 also community run. But uh, the Ski Education Foundation got involved when it was you know kind of looking dire, and they also helped raise you know they have fundraising mechanisms, if you will, to help raise funds to keep the Palma Chair running and put in new making and get a new cat, you know, and, and some of those things. Um, I haven't skied much in the Midwest, but I I imagine that that's kind of, you know, similar to their kind of hills. But I, I think, you know, especially for the kids, you know, they don't need to be on these big mountains, you know, they, you know, just they need repetition, you know, and they're friends and somebody pointing them in the right direction and they're good to go. You know, they don't they don't know if you have a tram or how much vertical there is, they're just they're just having fun, and that's what's most important. I think Scotty and and the community, um, the Riley Berman who's managing the mountain down there is doing an amazing job. He's just a, a workhorse and gets the spirit of skiing and yeah, so, but it, it boils down to the people. Uh, they had to find water for it. That was a project to get get the water for the snowmaking, you know, but um, it's such a community thing. Everybody was rooting for the project. Is it
0: a thing where people from other communities can come to check out sort of the operation and see if it might be possible to do something
1: similar in their own? Absolutely. I mean, I think that... The book is wide open, you know, on what's worked, what hasn't worked, and I sit on the Sun Valley Ski Education Foundation board, um, so so I'm privy to a lot of the information, uh, but I haven't been you know boots on the ground at least uh nearly as much as some of the the board members of the rotor run organization in the haley community the city of haley community is really the driving force there but it's been great i mean it's it's brought a lot of kids up from even south of our valley from twin falls and shoshone and kids who probably would never even ski at all it's like hey Come on up. Let's go skiing. And yeah, we've got gear for you. Don't worry. There's no tickets. And, uh, you know, there's no price to the ticket. You just need to come up with a smile and, you know, see if you like it. And yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty neat to see and obviously I'm Baldy. You know, it's it's a little different thing, right? Our local skier is, you know, it's it's not quite Aspen, but it's, you know, it's high end and I, I mean it's an amazing mountain. I love skiing it every day or any day I can maybe. Um but it's the other side of the sport that we need more of, I guess. Yeah.
0: This has been my first time skiing Sun Valley this trip and so I I guess I've done 5 days now on the mountain and I'm catching it in pretty good shape, which everybody keeps, you know, kind of reminding me of. And, and, uh, it's amazing right now, you know, and it's cool. I mean, it's so nice to have seen these storms roll through so many parts of the West, um, you know, rooting for every ski area out there and States and the rest that need the precipitation and the like. And, but uh it's been really fun um uh having this be uh kind of my introduction uh, to to baldy um yeah and by the way i skied today with one of your former athletes i guess mckenna peterson we were talking about the fact that you were her coach (laughs) a little bit i actually asked mckenna i said was like as a coach Was he Sort of Better on like The technical side Of things Or was he more fun And she said He was both Oh alright So I thought That was pretty good And I actually believe her
1: Well I mean I think it was like 10 to 12 year olds So it's not exactly Too technical It was As much just Pulling them out of the snow As anything right
0: Okay
1: But um But yeah no It was keeping the Spirits and vibe right And um Throwing them into you know, challenging conditions that you felt you could get a group of 10, 10 or 12 year olds down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that, that being said, this mountain, there's long, you know, there's long fall lines. It's there's steep, there's steeper mountains, but there's a lot flatter mountains. There's no flats on this mountain, right. you know, it's just continuous fall line, which is kind of what makes it special. Um, and big, Big vertical, but yeah, no McKenna and uh, her brother Axel as well were a lot of fun to ski with and um, awesome skiers and doing neat things in the industry now as well. And it's fun to just be a a small part of their background.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't had the chance to ski with Axel, but I can definitely attest it's fun skiing with McKenna. Um, I also told her today, I was like, yeah, I realize, you know, I, I think in Crested Butte, I mean, there are some very sustained, steep, long runs, but there's also spots on the mountain where it is a very steep section that moves to a bench and it kind of makes for a nice natural stop point. And so the last couple of days, it's like, wait, where's, where's my bench? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I've been uh, skiing quite a few days in a row and I was like kind of looking for the benches a little bit. And I was like, yeah, no, those, those aren't coming.
1: You can get kind of much more aerobic fitness yeah. than a lot of ski areas for sure, and you know you can go up there and ski for an hour, hour and a half. It's like okay, well that was that was legitimate exercise. Uh, where I mean, I, there's so many ski areas I love. I, I'm a Utah kid originally, yeah. but um, but it's unique in that manner, no doubt. It just. It can be real exercise even for a small window of time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think I said to McKenna, "This mountain is like a fitness reality check." Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, and I mean that in the best possible way. It gives you big quads and a big ass. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So let's talk a bit more about your own background in skiing. You just said you were a Utah kid, grew
1: up where? in park city proper right. yeah just right at the base of park city ski area um and uh but my parents both norwegian immigrants um my dad was immersed in the ski industry and you know, i was on the washington state uh, national championship ski team yes washington state in 1952 he would do like the 4 ways: so slalom downhill nordic and jumping um lost all of his teeth in a jumping accident once upon a time. but Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: We're, we're actually looking right now. I'm going to take a picture of this. There's a uh, very cool photo of your dad, who I also was fortunate enough. I got to meet him this last July, which was, so that was very cool. Uh, but anyway, so okay, I didn't know the well, part. Well,
1: that picture is a good one. It's, he said it was in a photo shoot after the Silver Belt, which is a cool ski race and sugar bowl that still goes on to this day, I believe. Um, about 10 years ago, I almost went and Raced it, But yeah, no, I grew up in Park City um, and he was a professor at University of Utah when in my younger days. Uh, he also helped coach the University of Utah women's ski team. And before I was born, he was coached UNR and um, University of Colorado under Bob Biotti. Um but uh he was a civil engineer by trade uh, an mit after washington state and also berkeley um but his passion was the ski industry and and in the 70s and 80s he did all the ski tests for skiing magazine uh took a very engineer's approach you know and and one of the reasons i appreciate blister Gear is, is they give us the real data and you know some of those things that my dad ingrained into me and um you know uh whether it's the weight of the ski or he was flexing all the skis yeah. and you know letting you know measuring camber lines and 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 later uh he moved to seattle area and worked for k2 and was very involved in the k24 and side cuts and things like that uh, my mom was a passionate skier herself she wasn't as much growing up but with my dad became a big skier and was a ski patroller at um park west and deer valley and little bit at Snowbird and um, so uh, yeah, I got the Utah scene in the 80s and 90s. Um, raced on the Park City ski team. Uh, serious racer for quite a few years. Wanted to continue that, but I ended up playing soccer at Oregon State University. Wow. And that kind of derailed my ski racing career, but moved here right out of that, right out of playing soccer there and um, just started skiing my butt off as soon as I came here. Started tuning skis.
0: Okay, wait. We got to pause you. Okay. What position did you play in soccer? <laughs>
1: that was a gold keeper goalkeeper yeah all right yeah. you're a pretty big guy i, yeah, I can see I, that i was a little small and like six one, but um skinny in those days <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, uh, and then okay so you were a goalkeeper and then what what got you to sun valley why didn't you well, head we, back to
1: utah it, we spent a lot of time here growing up uh, as well as jackson um just family trips and we knew a lot of people here and ski racing um and so it's kind of between here and Jackson for me but I I ended up choosing um Sun Valley kind of for its community and it was also my dad was in Seattle my mom was in Park City so it was kind of a nice halfway in between uh the two places um and you know Utah is an amazing place but I you know I was I didn't really want to live in Park City and I didn't really want to live in Salt Lake. I saw that living in Little Cottonwood Canyon would be amazing and I actually had an opportunity to work for the Snowbird Patrol at one point but um, I had already kind of started to grow roots here and um, and stuck this out. And it's been fabulous. I, I, this this community is amazing. Um, there's so much good skiing to have. Um, you know, we wish it snowed a little more but um, if you know where to go there's there's a lot of zones that actually Get quite a bit more snow than just Baldy, um, and and our backcountry is just endless. There's there's so few people for so many mountains, and it's it's it, uh, if you like to explore, like I really love to do, it's it's pretty neat. It's just more skiing than um, you could find in a lifetime, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah uh when i moved here i kind of got into the big mountain scene and did the world tour big mountain ski circuit which was fun you know i was kind of hit and miss but i had a few good results in there and um and it did, i worked at sturdivants all along I, I, um, but i also i coached the ski team that's when i when i first moved to town for like five years that's when i coached mckenna and axel and a bunch of other impressive people um taught ski school for a couple of years. And then I worked Sun Valley Heli on the side for like five years. That was really fun and kind of got into the guiding scene. Um, then I blew my ankle into a million pieces. And then I was like, okay, maybe this uh, opportunity that Rob's putting on my table really makes sense. And that, that was to buy Sturdivant's. Sorry. When did you blow up your ankle? Uh, oh, that was what year was it? I think it was 2008 or okay. 2009. I, Yeah, I was getting ready for, you know, I was doing the big mountain thing and uh, catching, you know, just went off huge jump right up on Baldy. And everything was fine. Went bigger than I intended to, but everything was fine. I was ready to land it. But I went right through the snowpack and nailed a stump and pulverized the lower five inches of my tibia into 50 to 100 pieces, the doctor said. And I was on crutches for a year. Five surgeries, I think I've had. Most recent one was just a few years ago. But I'm, you know, I can't run anymore. There's no more soccer, but uh, I can ski and I can bike, and you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I could have lost my foot, so um, yeah.
0: So you were, yeah. I noticed
1: the other day. You got a you got a little limp going. yeah, I call it's, it a, yeah it's a strut. <laughs> strut. Okay. No, especially when I get up from my desk. If I've been sitting down for more than like twenty minutes, it stiffens up for sure. If I, especially if I've been active or anything, uh, there's but it loosens up. Give me a hundred yards and it goes away. Okay, so. so that's
0: what that was. I caught you. I came in. I came into the shop and you had apparently been uh, kind I'm of sitting there. My desk, probably,
1: dad, probably yeah. okay. Hate it when that happens.
0: Huh. First of all, that was a great overview of sort of your background and what you've been involved with. And I love that you've talked about your dad and your mom and and uh and we've already touched on like I think people have a good sense of even just what you've been doing the last two days, like you are not someone who sort of, I think this can happen sometimes with ski shops, right? It's like, Oh, I used to kind of love skiing. And now I run a shop and I don't really ski that much anymore. And that isn't quite your deal. No,
1: it's what I definitely want. You know, I, I get, Well, I guess I'm constantly seeking that balance of like, okay, you know, I need to – I want to ski as much as possible for sure. But, uh, you know, you also got to be at the shop if your team is going to uh, work with you. I mean, I think there's a lot of – respect for you being out there and skiing the stuff and having you know and 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 it's important that i'm up there i i think there's a lot of things that are good for the business for me to be up there Mm -hmm. a i'm testing gear all the time b i'm engaging with the patrollers i'm engaging with the instructors the mountain hosts you know and um and i'm seeing our customers up there you know maybe most importantly and um so you know authenticity i guess is is key and and that's a huge part i we have the most amazing team here um and i you know sure there's a handful of people that don't ski you know 40 days a year but i'd say most of them you know they're gonna they're gonna be anywhere from 40 to 100 days a year and they're they're passionate about it and they care and that's that's a big thing about me for for if i hire someone is their authenticity you know like um are they going to be able to come in here and and be stoked about yeah. for these people that are, you know, spending a lot of money?
0: Yeah. I have to ask you this right now, just because I might forget, and that would be a tragedy. This kind of ties into your background. You made the mistake of telling me the other day that you used to be a DJ. Oh, yeah. And I promised McKenna. <laughs> That I would ask you what your DJ name was.
1: Oh, I didn't have it. I, I wasn't that cool. I wasn't... Well, I was on KBVR, Oregon State Radio, and... Um I started out as an assistant on the Zappa show. That was pretty cool. But I ended up having the privilege to take over the Dead show, which uh, was a lot of fun. Um, But I didn't, you know, I didn't really have a Dead show. You know, I I bet there was at least like five or ten people listening a night to my show. Like, you know, it was (laughs) uh, but it was pretty fun. I, you know, Oregon had quite the scene and actually it was right when Jerry died, you know, so there there was a fair amount of interest and, you know, you're just up the road from eugene where they had epic dead shows and jerry even lived and uh so it was it was pretty interesting i had access to a lot of neat materials in those days i mean i was playing tapes you know um is how we were uh putting it out there but I, yeah i did that for i think it was two years and i was doing it for credit you know, okay. and uh, I got a little pay, but I also got school credit and uh, my friends love it and loved it. And my sister loved it. who was big deadhead. And she was she was in Oregon as well. So um, were you a deadhead? I, I, I loved the dead. I mean, I saw I saw the dead play in Park City in 86 when everybody broke the fences down. But I think I saw seven dead shows in my my life. It's not like I had 100 under my belt or something.
0: OK, seven. <laughs> All right. Respectable. number. Yeah respectable number we're gonna talk ski gear here but before we go there let's talk a little bit about just how Sturdivant has evolved and I mean so for example you did mention I mean there are multiple locations now there's one there's well let me have you spell that out sure
1: Um, we're five stores or uh, at four locations I say Um, starting in the Haley, which is about 12, mile, 12 miles south of Ketchum. And the Sun Valley ski area is uh, right out in Ketchum, basically. Um, and the town of Sun Valley is about two miles north of Ketchum. and But Ketchum sits in between the town of Sun Valley, which is quite a small town. Um, but the whole area is kind of called Sun Valley. Um, anyway, so we have a s- shop in Haley, which is bike and Nordic skiing and, um, but that community is really growing and, and, uh, we're starting to contemplate. We do a bunch of alpine skiing rentals and accessories and some kids stuff. And that's where Rotorun is, is, is it's right outside of Haley. Um. And then here in Ketchum, uh, the main store, as we call it, um, is right on Main Street. Uh, couldn't be more central. And we have two storefronts at one location separated by a parking lot. Um, and we've been here since 1962. Uh, and in one store, it's kind of the retail experience, if you will. Um, and uh, across the parking lot at the at the rental Haas, as we call it. Um, used to be called the Burger Haas. That's why. Uh, we try to keep, stick with the name. Um, but yeah, that's where we rent and handle our you know services, if you will. That being said, our ski tuning, uh, if we if we're going to do more than a mount or deburn wax or that sort of thing, the skis are going to go out to our Warm Spring store, which is uh, at the one of the bases of Baldy, kind of the quiet side of the the, the main ski area, and that's kind of our tech center, um, hillside about a hundred yards from the chair, uh, and we sell a bunch of hard goods, do some boot fitting, a uh, bunch of rentals, uh, but we do our ski services there. We're we're pretty geeked out on our ski tuning out there and we've got a mercury we do a lot of stuff for the ski team and i like to make skis go super fast for the racers Uh, and we've got a locker room too i think we've got 70 lockers or something uh where people park their gear and uh and then our last location is our newest location it's here back in ketchum at the new limelight hotel and that's the same it's an aspen ski company hotel uh it's probably our nicest space and um it's rentals and soft goods and accessories um and uh it's actually our rosal concept center we're we're introducing this year and uh it's a be- it's it's a beautiful space and um it's it's been a really nice partnership uh with the limelight so and by the way i've been staying at the limelight
0: it is so on point yeah i have been so impressed with that place and um yeah they've just done a great job and you know, they run 15 minute free shuttles, um, you know, kind of all morning and then in the afternoon. So walk out, hop on a shuttle, you're at Baldy and I don't know, five or six minutes. And it's just like, I really, really have enjoyed staying there. And, and, um,
1: it's cool that you guys are integrating with them. Um, no, they are, we've we've really they've been a great addition to town. I mean, it's you know there was there it's the biggest building in town, but it's a beautiful hotel. You know, kind of four star level, but you know they they attract a um and you know a adventurous crowd that wants to you know you know, do, do the things that Sturdivant is involved in and, and, and they want to be involved with the community and the way the hotel's built, if you've ever been to the one in Aspen is it's, it's kind of a community gathering center. We go there for dinner frequently because, Hey, I can let my six year old daughter run wild and it's kind of accepted and they've got music. A lot of the times I can even bring my dog in there, you know, and they can sit down next to us. So, um, it's been a pleasure to work with them and, um, yeah, it's and and it's been great for them. They they've been a great addition to the Ketchum community.
0: Talk about mountain biking. We should do that at least for a minute. Maybe we'll have another conversation where we talk more about kind of the bike side of things, but I want to at least touch on it. I mean, is it fair to say that the bike side of Sturdivants has been taking off or is it like no, that's not quite right. It's we've been strong in bike um, you know, say, over the last nine years what 's that trajectory been like
1: yeah i mean we we have been strong in bike for a long time um but it has definitely continued to grow and it 's been our strongest s- side of growth of the business uh, Our entire business has been growing nicely um, and and the pandemic kind of accelerated that but um even before that, we were we were seeing ni- very nice growth, and uh, but led by bike, um, we have an amazing network of bike trails here, and it's I, I think it's it's unique compared to a lot of places. It's not like oh you have this. When I say network, it's a little different. There's not like these kind of planned out trail systems. It's it's you're going somewhere when you ride here. You're going over that ridge and into the next valley, and you know and the, you're you're not gonna get dizzy' running around on the trails. Uh, you're gonna go somewhere. and uh, the, the, the moto scenes uh, a big part of what's to credit for that. they they've uh, built a lot of trails and they maintain, and maybe most importantly, they've maintained a lot of the trails. They keep them clear uh because you know there's there's four or five hundred miles right here in the in the valley um and just keeping those clear for such a small uh ranger district is impossible it wouldn't happen if it wasn't for these moto guys carrying their uh you know chainsaws around and they just they just do it for fun they love it and you know they're passionate about it but yeah, no, the riding here is amazing—mountain biking—and then it's it's, um, you know, there's certainly some hills and stuff, but it's not as it's not as hilly as a lot of ski towns. So recreationally riding around town, commuting, you know, that sort of thing is is a natural fit as well. And and then you know, our road riding is gravel riding. There's not much pavement in this zone. There's kind of a swath of pavement up up the valley, but after that, it's all about the gravel roads. And it's not a huge segment of our business, but. Um, there's definitely if if you like to ride gravel, it's do you ride gravel a little bit yeah. a little bit um yeah, no, I like to get out there and but if I can ride single track that's what I'm yeah for sure, but you know uh, if i can if my friends are gonna go ride gravel i can I can pl- I've got a bike
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think we have now you know sort of cleared the field and so we can now nerd out about some gear stuff, uh ski equipment, gear stuff. I, I have i I'm sort of curious about what you personally are into on the gear side. I'm interested in like what more broadly kind of you and the staff here at Sturtavins I've always just find that intriguing. If it's like, yeah, there's kind of a consensus. We love these boots, this ski, whatever. And then there's that third question of like, what are your customers? You know, which could be a different thing than what you and your staff are into. What are the customers around here really responding to and resonating with? Um Maybe I'll leave the question that broad and let you go with any of the, in any of those three directions to to start you 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 pick which you want to begin with.
1: Well, I think that you know as far as consensus the answer is no. I, there's I mean there's maybe some some things that are somewhat agreeable, but you know, I think that's the beauty of the sport is is that it is so personal, you know. I love you know, you can be you can be a little blacks Back coming down the mountain, you know, and it's like, oh, that's my buddy, you know, because you can, you can't see their clothes, you can't see anything, but you can see the way they ski, huh. you know, right, and 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 everybody gets down the mountain in their own way, and I th- so, I think that's an approach we try to take here, is, is that, like, you know, you know, and so in some pieces of equipment, it's more true than others, i.e. boots, but, like, just because, you know, somebody said that, uh, you know, this ski is great, you know, unless you ski very similar and are a similar size and you ski similar terrain, it doesn't mean a thing, you know. Um, You need to work through the process of, you know, what kind of skier are you? What do you like to do, you know? um, You know, how fast do you ski? What kind of terrain do you like to see, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I think there is a lot to be said for, identifying who makes quality products because it's not easy to make skis and boots you know i mean this takes there's a lot of you know a a lot of trial and error really and 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 you can't you can't just make a ski anywhere um but i'd say on a broad spectrum when it comes to skis you know this this mountain is is probably one of the higher speed ski areas in the world um it um for the West, you know, we're, we're one of the firmer snow mountains in the West. We have one of the most expansive snowmaking systems in the world really. And, you know, some seasons we don't have a lot of snow, so it, it gets firm around here. So we're, uh, we tend to sell more skis with metal than I'd say a lot of shops do. And, and for the West, we probably sell a little narrower, uh, skis than, than most shops do on the boot fitting front. We sell narrower, stiffer boots than most shops too is my experience because you need that precise um you know and uh, precise feel under the foot and 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 real responsiveness on firm fast skiing and um so i'd say those are some of the generalizations for our shop but um you know our staff skis a broad spectrum you know our 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 main brands we ski we sell uh rosignol vocal blizzard fisher atomic black crows kesley augment is a new brand yeah. that we're selling that that makes some beautiful skis um you know we have yet to review any augment skis oh yeah, yeah. they're made beautifully you know it's kind of in that kesley stokely category um and uh they they work greater you know they were classic laminate constructions, torsionally stiff, you know, a lot of our customers appreciate that.
0: Do you have a recommendation? What's the one, if we're going to check out one augment ski, what
1: should it be to start with? I mean, I like that all mountain 98 is, um, we're, we're saw, we We sell the All Mountain eighty eight better, um, but the All Mountain ninety eight personally is is I think uh, sweet spot of the line. But yeah, they're kind of classic laminate metal skis, um, directional. You know they've they've got some other stuff for sure, but that's that's uh, what has been striking a chord for our customers.
0: Sure.
1: You know we were touching on some of our best selling or you know what's working for us, um, but like. The mantra M6 has been our bestseller this season. For example, it's been a little softer snow year for us than usual. Um, Ranger 102s have been selling well. The have we, you have you skied the Ranger 102 much? You know, I can't. I skied the original version of Fairmount and loved it, um, but I can't say. I think they've made some couple yeah, tweaks. You and lighter. I were talking about this. Yeah. Um, I can't say I've skied the 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 latest rendition um too much yeah maybe a run or two okay um but yeah that ski's been selling well um we do well with the atomic backland 107 on seasons like this um uh women specific skis we sell the shiva 9 and 10 from blizzard well uh vocal kenja uh blizzard black pearl of course Mm um
0: man the black pearl seems like That's a crazy. perfect ski for this mountain like
1: yeah no it's been a home run it's been amazing i mean it's uh, i think the last two or three years it's been our number one selling ski and it's it's right there with the mantra this year as well i believe but that kind of gives you an idea of what we sell i guess yeah okay you
0: yourself mantra m6 versus mantra 102 i'd be a 102 guy any regardless of the conditions
1: that's the ski you're gonna reach for the 102 um i don't own them i don't own either but probably i like the wider skis although i i love the m6 too i mean on this mountain i guess if it, if it was suit it was firmer uh, I'd, I'd be more likely to ski the mx6 m6 today i'd ski the 102 though yeah 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 for sure I'm kind of a Rossi guy. I ski, uh, I ski the Rossi sender squad on powder days. The big old long one. Okay, I love, we I love, need to talk about. I love this. long
0: skis. It, you know that that ski like blew my mind. No.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Really, I love that thing.
0: I don't personally need like a 194, but the suspension of that ski, we dedicated like an entire gear 30 episode basically to it. Oh, nice. Like I, I got to listen to that. I skied it and was like, the episode is called, I think like the Mount Rushmore of ski suspension. I'm like that sender squad has the best suspension of I mean, that was kind of the reason for the episode. I wanted to work through it, but it's one of the best skis I've ever been on for its suspension. And, you know, Rossi kind of positioned it as like, yeah, we're only making it in a 194 and it's kind of a murder the mountain type of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. It just skis great. And I don't think it's like a punishing ski. I mean, it's a heavy ski.
1: It's just, Yeah yeah no it's much more friendly than you would think for sure and it, it just fits this mountain and and how i like to ski i'm i like to open it up and that's you know one of the reasons i love this mountain uh like i said earlier it's one of the higher speed ski areas you'll ever ski so on a powder day you know and we just have fall line right and you just go and go and go and you can just open it up and yeah i love that ski that's a perfect powder ski for me on this mountain and um so, yeah, no, I got to listen to that. Yeah. No, I'd love to. I,
0: I actually saw one person yesterday on a pair of sender squads. He was just on a chairlift in front of me. And I almost was like, excuse me, sir, <laughs> you know, what do you think? And who are you? I, I think there, there should be like an official fan club <laughs> um, of that ski, but okay. So sender yeah. squad. That's good. We can continue to yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. be friends.
1: So I ski that, and, and I, um, you know, when it firms up, I ski that holy shred. Um, you know, that's that's kind of my firm snow ski, if you will. Um, and then I i also have a sender TI in a 187, so I like to kind of have something shorter to ski the bumps and that sort of thing if I'm going to ski off piece, but it hasn't snowed in a while. So those are kind of my three go to's, but there's I mean, other skis I love. I, I own a bent Chetler 100. Um, with a grateful get dead graphic. <laughs> I cannot see you
0: skiing a Ben Shetler one hundred. Oh yeah. That's well that's you. what I
1: take to dollar and ski with my daughter and, gotcha. You know, uh, very different ski
0: from some of the skis yeah. we've been been discussing.
1: But I yeah, it's it's I agree. It's uh it's just much more playful and you know, I'm on this ski I'm I'm not actually I feel like that ski can charge pretty hard if, you know, you're it's it's not gonna be the ski I'm gonna pick to charge baldy but i certainly have seen some incredible skiers charge hard on that ski but um you know holds a good edge and uh it's fun it's playful and um when i <laughs> do the dad park stuff you know uh you know i'm i you know it's it's fun to hit off the jumps and whatever else you're wait 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 you're hitting the park The small to medium, let's just say, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll hit a big jump, but it's going to be a straight air for sure, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's humorous. I agree. Um, But yeah, no, I love that ski. I also have a pair of, uh, let's see, I've got a pair of the Kessley MX uh, 99s, I guess. Uh, And I love to pull those out when it gets super firm on Baldy and you're just, um, and they're a little shorter too, so I can shorten up the radius and control the speed a little bit. And then, in the backcountry, I, I have a, a uh, I run a rustler 11 for my powder ski um, and then I love that ski that's what I skied today and um, we, we were
0: both on a rustler yeah. 11 today yeah you had yours uh, with the touring binding on it. I skied mine with an alpine binding on it and was kind of dancing you know side country in and out off of baldy and um, I Yeah, I just hadn't been on that ski in a minute and was like, I should get a refresher on that. And so, yeah, thanks for hooking me up with that ski the last couple of days. And yeah, I had a really good time yesterday and today on that. You were skiing like untracked on it. I was skiing stashes of untracked and then getting real variable on that ski. And um, yeah, I mean, it's still like my take was, you know, It wants you to stay on top of it. Don't get lazy if your quads are burning because there's no benches to stop. Like, you know, if you're backseat and hitting into weird bumps and set up snow, like it wants you to be forward and actually skiing it. But um, if you're doing
1: that, like, man, it's still a really good ski, I think. I think I I'm always impressed by that ski. Um I think for how wide it plays and it, you know, it it's, you know, obviously floats and everything, but when you're skiing it on Baldy, you know, it'll hook up. You've got a little metal underfoot and uh you know, it'll hold an edge and um but you know, it's it has a nice light swing weight, so it's not a big old hefty heavy ski, you know, so you can you can move it around in the bumps and um it's very versatile for 114 underfoot, as my, um, and it's, and it's, you know, it's not super light, but it's, you know, it's pretty close to 2000 grams. So, uh, you know, it's, it's for a big ski, like if I'm going to take that ski in the backcountry, it's either deep or I'm going to try to ski, um, you know, a line that I want to ski aggressive, you know, and, uh, and that's why I like having that in the quiver. Um, you know, I run look pivots on most of my Alpine gear, but I really love the ATK bindings. I, I about six years ago, I bought a pair of ATK FreeRiders in Italy, and I've kind of been hooked on that binding ever since. I think that really kind of keeps the setup light, but really, uh, and I, I'm a I'm I'm sold on their free ride spacer. I really think that that helps drive the energy to the ski and and take the slop out of things if you will um a lot of times you don't need it but uh or i should say a lot of times you don't notice that slop on a backcountry mining but when you do it's a bummer <laughs> you know and and especially when you're driving a wide ski you know i, I think it goes a long ways um so that's kind of my saw snow uh, backcountry ski um I also ski the Black Crow Navis a lot in the backcountry, um, and then I'm excited. I've got a Rossi Escaper 96 coming, which is you know the alpineer 96. That'll kind of be yeah. my ski mountaineering ski moving forward. And you haven't skied it yet. I have not. Yeah. S- well, actually, no. I've skied. You know what? I-, I ski. I have skied it in the Dina Star Mythic version, but I've- I haven't owned a pair i skied that Fisher Hannibal 96 uh, a bit, which is, uh, but really I kind of, uh, the Black Crow Navis is where I've kind of been ski mountaineering the last few years on, but I'm I'm excited to go a little lighter and see if, see, see if I don't complain too much. (laughs)
0: Let's talk boots. Yeah. What's, what's been your go-to everyday
1: inbounds boot? I'm a lane guy. Um, I'm skiing that cool new Purple Haze, whatever, the RX-9, but it's basically, you know, it's an RS-140, if you will. Yeah. Um and I, I run intuition liners and DFP footbeds. Um, I like a real kind of elastic uh, feel. I like a stiff, stiff setup. Um, I also like the upright. My ankle injury that I mentioned, uh, the lang helps me. That twelve degree forward lean, you know, uh, keeps me upright. I have to run a heel lift as well. I don't. I've got terrible dorsiflexion. Um, but even before my ankle injury, I was a lang guy. Uh, uh, so and then backcountry, um, you know, I played with a lot of different things, but I ski this Solomon uh, Mountain Lab uh, or MTN, I am whatever. I'm terrible with my model names sometimes, but
0: we always say Mountain Lab. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the boot skis amazingly well, um, but the fit is the biggest thing. Um, I'm very difficult to fit in the backcountry boot. I'm low volume. I've got that ankle issue I talked about, and um, and I want it to ski pretty aggressively um so you know there's some boots out there that are lighter and have greater range of motion and i kind of wish i could be in but you know what it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit right you know especially with boots it does not matter if it doesn't fit well so um i even tried to make the that new laying xt3 tour uh work for me because it's a lang i love my langs
0: i really like that xt3 tour pro yeah and that's that's a tough one for you.
1: Well, I, I you know I kind of got it fitting and everything, and um, but honestly, the the Solomon can I, I run? I've got two different liners for it. I run an intuition wrap if I'm going to ski my big skis, and I'm not walking across flats. And then I've got an intuition tour, uh, so I'll I'll, I'll kind of customize it depending on what I'm doing with it, but. The Salomon fits right out of the box. It, kind of being a soft top, it really helps cuz I run that heel lift. Yep. Gotcha. Um, and and that's a big deal and uh honestly the Salomon skis better. And uh and it has better range of motion. And um Then the wait. Then the XT3 or the XT3 Tour Pro. Tour Pro, yeah. The blue and the yeah. newer boot, the new boot. Wow. Yeah. No, I found much more power in the uh, MTN, which I was surprised with too. I was like, "Oh, great! I'm going to ski this lang," um, and I'm a lang guy. I, I I'm a I I do have an XT three um, one thirty that I have made work. I don't. It's kind of my in between boot. If I was going to travel to Europe or something like that, you know, and need one boot to do it all, I'd probably ski something like. Well, it depends on the trip, I guess, but. Um, but, yeah, the, the MTN just really works for me well. And and we don't sell a ton of them, frankly. You know, we're selling a lot more Zero Gs and DinaFit Radicals and some of these other, other boots that have more range of motion. They're lighter. Um, but I think, you know, um, yeah, well, fit is king. It's a unique boot. And I think I'm starting to learn that it's hard to beat the skiability of that boot. Huh. Like, just... Um, I've got a fresh pair right here in a box. <laughs> <There> they are. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're waiting for me. And, and they <laughs> are worn out. Those are ready to go.
0: This is interesting to me because when the when the Mountain Lab boot came out, I recall I was like, "This is the first AT boot I don't hate," yeah. you know. And um, but I have admittedly moved on, you know. And um, I'm a huge fan of the Zero G Tour Pro. I was not personally like completely blown away by that first lang xt3 boot but i thought the xt3 tour pro was right up there with the technica zero g tour pro and i think it's like i can ski either one of those boots pretty happily but so i would just go like go with whichever fits you better so it's really interesting to hear you say that you're still back with kind of my first boot that i didn't hate my first you should A2 try boot. to ski it again I All mean, right. it,
1: it's amazing how well this boot skis and i mean again uh i try to make a zero g work for me but i'm i'm very low volume and i like a you know as snug of a fit as i can reasonably have um and because i think the zero g from a spec standpoint would be ideal for me uh you know just The lightweight, you know, whatever it is, 13, grams. Yeah, 1,300 grams uh, and huge range of motion and quite stiff, but I couldn't make it work. I was able to make the Lang uh, XT3 Tour Pro fit me, which I was pretty darn excited about. But when I did ski them side by side uh, with the MTN, I found the MTN skied quite a bit better. And even though it doesn't have great range of motion, it had more range of motion than the XD three. I didn't measure it. I'm just yeah, eyeball, that's what you eyeball, found. eyeballing it. Um, so you know, but I, I, it's not. I'm not sitting here saying any boot is better than the other. My point is, is that it's personal. Yeah, you know, and it's it's not about. Yeah, it's what what works for you. Um and for me, I've got a home in this boot and um and I'm I'm I think this pair that I just pulled out of the box will be my fourth pair, you know. Wow. And so I I get two seasons out of a pair of touring boots. Yeah.
0: By the way, we we'll often get emails from people who are like, "Hey, I've got I've, you know, been wearing this AT boot or this alpine boot, you know, had it for years." Uh thinking about moving on to something else. And I'm always in my, if if this is an email that you are tempted to send me, then, you know, pay attention. I always ask, like, what is it that you don't like about that current boot? And if they say, um, I actually like everything about yeah. that boot. I'm like, let's stop this right now. Right. Go back to that same boot. I mean, it, it's like you are, you've are you landed in a magical, wonderful world where you love your boot. And it's uh, I think you've just done a nice job of talking about this can be pretty tricky. Yeah. And um, that's definitely like if I didn't have to review boots for a living, you know, it's like man, if you find that product that just kinda works for you for whatever reasons, yeah, keep, keep buying that thing. Especially when it's a boot. Especially it's when it's a boot. It's so
1: personal. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I I set it. I will set it up different with different liners and such. I am also, um, uh, I got a prototype of the Fisher Trans-Alp boot that I'm thinking of kind of as a lighter weight yep. ski mountaineering setup, not to replace this. Um, and I'm, I'm super impressed with that boot. Um, I got a prototype that was hard to get in and out of, um, but it fits great. And it's she's pretty darn well for I think eleven or twelve hundred grams. Okay. It's, it's it's quite light, um, and I've tried boots in that category before. I'm one hundred and ninety five pounds, and I like to ski pretty fast. So, um, but I I I'd like to ha- you know have that in the quiver to yep. to match up with that incoming you know um um is ra- skier, yeah that Alpineer ninety six yeah. yeah. But yeah, no boots are just so personal, and and I mean, I've had great luck putting customers in the Lang XT3 Tour uh, Pro, um, and the boots the boots been doing w- very well for us, and uh, it's an impressive boot. Um, but just for you know, and I ski Langs on the mountain uh, all, all day long, but for strange reasons, for unique reasons. Um, this this Solomon MTN has been a great boot for me and a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people treat a lot of people right over the years. Well, Ulin, uh, I'm
0: glad we got you on tape. Uh, <laughs> one of our one of our numerous conversations uh, about gear and everything else. Uh, we uh, we finally have on wax, uh, as it were. So, um, this has been fun, and I am really grateful for the conversations we've had um, that have been. You know, we're getting your perspective, kind of on this community, um, the gear conversations we've had, and the rest. And um, uh, this has been just really cool for me. And by the way, I the whole conversation, I've been meaning to say this, and I mean this as kind of a weird compliment, but I find myself saying this a lot. Like, I feel like the the community, you know, from sort of Sun Valley down to Haley, it is so analogous to me to like Mount Crested Butte down to Gunnison. And I just find myself, you know, with the people I meet around here and get to talk to, I feel like these two communities, if we moved you into Crested Butte, you would have zero sort of like learning curve, it would feel completely natural and at home. And every time I come out here and the people I meet and the rest, it feels like home. And, um, anyway, but I appreciate how you have kind of helped, uh, guide me into and around this community and the people you've introduced me to here. And so that's a, like I said, it's maybe a weird compliment, but it means a lot to me. Like we're, we're fortunate to be in these communities and, uh, there are so many good people in both and, I think the people that have been in both places kind of get it, you know? And uh that's that's been a really fun thing that every time I'm back out here I kind of feel like it gets reinforced.
1: Um, yeah, no, I I mean I I've only been in Crest Butte a couple times, but that we were talking about that before. I'm like I feel like the communities have a fair amount in common in in it, you know, and I think it's it's it, and it's exactly that it's community it's a sense of community and you know I think we're in interesting times in our communities too mm-hmm. you know the pandemic has really shifted things and and uh, I think it's true of Crested Butte as well, but we've always, we're kind of, we've been sleepy for a long time and I, that's changing, but I, you know, I grew up in park city and, uh, a little bit in Bend, Oregon, a little, and Jackson, I feel like is, you know, is a third or fourth home, if you will. And you've, I've, we've seen so many of these Western ski towns get consumed by different philosophies, what I would generally call urban and corporate thinking. And, um, don't get me wrong. These people that are coming to town came to town for the same reasons we probably did, you know. And it's they're they're neat people, and there's a lot to be learned from them. But I'd rather I'd rather stumble through our issues with um with with people that have spent a lot of time in these communities, you know, and and understand the subjective and the undercurrents and all of that as opposed to applying corporate and urban philosophies, yeah. you know, that 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 have that have helped, you know, that I think, I think that that thinking that they've been rewarded by aggressive, you know, uh, thinking and, you know, go get them, you know, kind of mentalities, but that's not what makes a community, you know, and it's about, it's about caring about your neighbor and it's about understanding what works in the mountains and, and, and yeah, so I appreciate what you're saying on that. And, and we're, we're super fortunate to live where we are, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see where, you know, I I think for a lot of good reasons in the Gunnison Valley, we need to be keeping a close eye on some of the things that are happening here. And maybe it works the other way too. But as we're just trying to think through housing issues and the rest. Um, but yeah, I just I just see so many parallels. Um, it, you know, they're not they're not carbon copies of each other, right. but they're close enough. And the biggest thing I think are kind of the you know the people around in both communities that I have I've met a lot of folks here. I know a lot of people in Crested Butte. And again, I just. I like the fact that I'm like, y'all would feel at home in either of these places, you know, and mostly it's like, well, let's just go ski and bike and we'll we'll be good.
1: We'll figure it out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So anyway, um, I appreciate the time
1: and, thank uh, you, you, you've had a long day, man, and I've made it longer. So, uh, no, we appreciate, appreciate what you do and appreciate, uh, you know, I want to, I, I've been a blister fan for a few years and, and it's huge that, you know, um, who you're reviewing isn't writing the checks you know and and uh appreciate that I appreciate the the you know the data as well as the subjective approach you guys take and um yeah it's it's neat to see and it's it's a great place for people to to get their reviews um <laughs> sure beats a lot of the other information you get out there huh
0: well and and again
1: you know it's really cool On
0: our end, with this network of recommended shops that we're building out, like we can just talk. I mean, we talk off record and it's like, what are you into? What's working for you? What's not so much? And this has become just another added important data point for us, you know, Um, when it's people we really trust and we know, and it's like, your opinion matters to us. And it's like, I have never, this whole Solomon mountain lab versus the, the Lang XT three tour pro, I have never a bead those two boots. And so you've given me something to think about, like in this very conversation, you know, and, and that's kind of the way it goes. And we're grateful for that. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, it, it's been a cool thing. And, um, so
1: likewise, no, we look forward to continuing and, Yeah. Working with you and talk bikes next or (laughs) talk bikes next.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Hey man, I'm going to let you go home and uh, go eat some food. I've eaten, I counted, uh, I've had five of your chocolates. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for my, uh, either dinner or or hors d'oeuvres. I don't know if I'm going to go eat now or what, but, um, but thanks for the time and, uh, good luck with all of it. Um, can't wait till I'm out here the next time, hopefully sooner than later. Thank you. All right. It is now time for our weekly What We're Celebrating segment. And while I have teased this before, you've heard me talk about this very vaguely on some past editions of What We're Celebrating. Well, this week I get to just come out and say it because we finally rolled out our announcement of Blister Labs. Um, we are very excited about this. I can tell you that it has been a heavy lift just to get us this far, and now we've got a whole lot more work in front of us, but we have an incredibly good team, an incredible facility, and if you somehow missed this announcement, we'll go ahead and put a link to it in the show notes of this episode. This is a pretty big new thing, and it's a pretty ambitious new thing that we think is going to really leave a mark on this whole little outdoor industry of ours. Which turns out isn't so little. Anyway, what I want to do right now is raise a glass to two people, long-standing friends of mine and supporters of Blister from, well, actually, literally before Blister was a thing. And that would be Lauren Jacobson and Linda Goodman. I was talking about Blister with Lauren and Linda literally before we launched the site, They were incredibly supportive of the endeavor from the get-go. And Linda and Lauren are both passionate educators who loved the idea of trying to put out the best possible analysis of all of these products that people are so passionate about. Now, the other thing to say here is Lauren passed away some time ago. And Lauren was a scientist who worked at Los Alamos National Laboratory. His passion was actually the investigation and uses of beryllium. Lauren was also an educator. And what I know is that Lauren would have been incredibly proud of this whole launch of Blister Labs. And he probably would be coming to Gunnison to see the facility and talk with all the other faculty members And I honestly just think he would have been really proud of this. Now, I did just recently have a nice long conversation with his wife, Linda. Linda continues to be incredibly supportive of this whole blister endeavor. And her ongoing support continues to just mean the world to me. And so tonight, I raise my glass to two of the people that have been so supportive and inspiring Of this entire blister endeavor, literally since the beginning. So, to Lauren Jacobson and Linda Goodman, I raise my glass and thank you. Cheers. And that then brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. I want to say thanks to Ulin for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado. Please take good care of yourself and everyone else. And we will talk to you again this Monday over on our Blister podcast, where you're going to get to hear a really great conversation with Nick Russell. So thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. And we will catch you over on our Blister podcast on Monday.